Hey, hey, hey. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, just living, just living life. How just are you? Busy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get to it. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tania. You're listening to another episode of You I Do. The podcast that's going to help you get your wedding looks together. So if you didn't see the news, we are expanding, meaning there is now another podcast under the Who I Do fold. It is I'll Tell You What, which is our Black History podcast of sorts. So if you've ever thought about weddings or marriage or engagements or prominent wedding vendors that are Black, all of the things Anything wedding or marriage related in the context of Black history, you will find it with I'll Tell You What. It is a daily deep dive that began in February, obviously, with Black History Month, that has evolved from a TikTok series to a full-fledged podcast. So if you love Black history, I highly suggest you tune in every Friday or watch on YouTube. The first episode will air on April 28th, which is this upcoming Friday. So we hope you enjoy. But today's episode of You I Do is so good. We brought back one of our faves and we are talking about a very important subject. Enjoy y'all. We have a very special guest with us today. A guest that we've had on before, but we're so excited for her to come back. Guess would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Dara Adams. I am the owner of the Veil Bridal Styling Agency. We are so happy to have you back on the show. I feel like your first episode was like really an OG. Like it's is it, like it's definitely one that people go back to and listen to, and so. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, we're so excited to have you back. Thank you. I actually had a client not too long ago that I signed with who was like, yeah, you were on that episode of Who I Do. I was like, oh, okay. So yes, that episode has, has definitely helped a few brides. So happy that we can come back and give an update. Yes, Yes. for sure. Because there has been so much that has changed, I feel, or has evolved more so since that conversation and- the girls need your help. The girls really need your help. Shoot, we needed your help. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, if I could do this all over again, I would have started out super early. Like I wouldn't have even like as soon as I got engaged, the next day, I would have started. <laughs> <laughs> what do I mean? No, like seriously. no, like seriously, I would have been like, okay, Dara. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and book you <laughs> because like, you never know how much things cost until you start going through things. And so it's like, dang, by the time that like, I was like, dang, I really, I really wish I had a Dara on my team. <laughs> I really mm-hmm. wish I had someone on my team, but like, after you spend all this money, it's kind of like, dang. But if I could go back and do everything over again, I would just be like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and get you. I know we haven't even had any, or by that time period, I didn't even have a wedding planner. I didn't have anything. But I'm like, you know what? Let mm-hmm. me just go ahead and get Dara. Let me go, go ahead and get my makeup artist. And then I will go ahead and get my um, 
my hairstylist, even though I wouldn't have had a date or anything. Anyways. Get those off in. Yeah. But. You know, like figure out what works with their schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Just figure out from there. Like, my wedding around you. When are you free? Basically. <laughs> exactly. Basically. Basically. Because, and that kind of goes into what we're talking about tonight. She would have had us together for everything. Girl, Not everything. Like the wedding. It's like all the stuff that leads up to it, where it's like you're trying to find something to wear. And that's a whole struggle in itself. Like, you saw what I wore to the bridal shower. I was just like, uh, all right, this is in a few hours. What am I going to put on? Sweater, jeans. No, no vibes. No, nothing fancy about it at all. It was just like, let me just drive on over to Tania's. <laughs> like it's just another Saturday. Like if I could go back in time, I think a lot is changing though. Even from like then to now, mm-hmm. like a lot of the expectation of like what brides are doing leading up to their wedding has changed, and which is why my business has changed because the needs are like literally changing every day. So don't 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 bang yourself up too much. We weren't there yet as a society. <laughs> That's that's that is true. Yeah. That is true. I feel like there has been more of a priority over the overall like looks for each of these moments more so than even when we recorded like just 2 years ago. Mm-hmm. So For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you. You made me feel a bit Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Y'all both gorgeous on your wedding day, though. Thank so. you, thank you. Thank don't you did very well on your own. Do not fret. Thank don't. you, but but if that's how good I look by myself. You know how much better I would have looked with you, girl, girl. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, I would have. Me taking a stab in the dark. Like <laughs> I feel like I would have had. You know, I probably wouldn't have stressed out so much. I would have had everything on time. Because literally a week before mm-hmm. the wedding, I'm over here still looking for shoes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. You so, bought that other dress that you Girl, yes. Because I was, I was down, down to the wire. She was. Trying to jumpsuit that you ain't even get a chance to wear. Like, Girl, I have like three jumpsuits in the closet. I will never... I mean, I mean, unless, unless I'm invited to an all white party, but <laughs> a hue I do giveaway. Anybody? Girl, I got a, I got a whole wedding dress that I haven't even worn yet. <laughs> Anyways, we are now going to go into this or that because, well, actually, no, quick little break. Tell the folks what you've been up to, just in case the folks don't know, since the last time we talked to you in the 21, what was your 22 like? How did your 23 start off? Give us a a quick synopsis. Yeah, 2022, we're coming out of COVID. Well, not really, but weddings, at least, are Mm -hmm. people are like, I'm getting married. I don't care what's happening in the real world. In my world, there will be a wedding. So 2022 was really me dedicated to my client list and just getting back into the swing of things. Um, And that's when I realized that what brides were thinking about or like wanting or like the specifications of their looks, like it was evolving, it was changing, especially after having so much downtime Um, before COVID. I think women had a lot more time to think (laughs) about what they wanted 
because either it was pushed back or, you know, it was it was just delayed because of the pandemic. Um, so we spent the year like really working with our clients and, you know, helping them develop every stage of what they were going to wear them and their significant other between the beginning of their journey, which is usually like the engagement and all the way down the aisle to that point. Um, what else happened in 2022? I became an editor of a magazine. (laughs) That was also another big thing. So I had done a few shoots for Black Bride and working closely with that team and then eventually was offered the position to be their fashion editor. So I've been kind of living in those worlds for the last year and a half since we met. So a lot has been going on, a lot of exciting things. And yeah, I'm just still excited to see what, you know, the future has in store. For sure. Oh my gosh. That cover y'all just dropped. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then she was on like Abbott the week after or something like that. And I was like, she's on the cover of Black Bride, like telling Ed as if like... (laughs) Really? Bridal magazines. But I was like, she was on the cover. (laughs) That was a really special cover because that's our first curvy cover girl. So I was like, listen, we are not doing dowdy. We are not doing basic. Mm -hmm. Like, if we're going to, we need to show like curvy girls deserve fashion. I feel like a lot of, which I hate about plus size bridal, is it's very, it's strapless, it's lace, it's A line. And like, nobody wants to, even even regular size brides don't want to look like that. What makes, nobody wants to wear that, but they're really limited in styling. So I just, that was the focus for that. Like, we're going to pop out, we're going to show, Glam, fabulous, fashion, unique. We're gonna show all of that. So, but I'm I'm happy that it it got such great, you know, acceptance from our community. I was really proud of that for sure. Yeah, that was so beautiful. Yes, and all of your brides have been like gorgeous. Yeah, I know. I'm always like. Like, even as an artist, as a creative, like, I I always second guess. I'm just like, I mean, I know they look beautiful, but, you know, my work is a little bit different than what, you know, what we usually kind of see from brides. So I'm like, I Mm -hmm. I hope that they get the, you know, the response, the love that they, that brides want. You know, when you post their picture, you want people to say, you look gorgeous, you look beautiful. I love that. So I'm always like holding my breath, like, okay, but People always tend to, you know, connect with it, even though it's a little different than what we usually see. Um, But my clients are happy. And I think that's really like the main thing. Like, it's like that confidence, that personality boost for me. Like, yeah, I did that. That really like seals the deal, like makes it makes it all worth it. Because even with the stylist, a lot still goes into the process, but they mm-hmm. just get a little bit more support through it all. Yeah. And trust me, you need Every that support, time. especially mm-hmm. if you're working full time. You may have kids. You may be living with your fiance, and you know you still have to, you know, like be on point with everything. Like, yeah. So definitely having that support definitely helps. There's too much yeah. stuff going on in the world other than weddings. Like people have too many other things happening while still trying to like plan a wedding. So I think now more than ever, like people are like, I don't think I want a wedding planner in 20. What? Not because I think I want you to spend your money, but I want you to save your sanity. Like it's just, right. you have too much going on in your life right now to think you about to plan a wedding from scratch by yourself. It, mm, mm, 10 out of 10 would not recommend. No, nope. <laughs> Mm-mm, not oh, at all. Good. So I was thinking, and then we'll go to this or that. This one? Oh my gosh. Mm. 
Oh, that was one of my faves. Because I think I had just seen that dress, like, just randomly, uh, like, looking up, bra- like, black uh, fashion designers, bridal fashion designers. And I came across them, and I was like, ooh, okay, like, mama, daughter, little brand here. That's okay, I see, okay. And then I think maybe, like, within a week, you posted that, and I was just like, whoo, I did not know all of this was available to us. So that also... Mm-hmm made me like go back in time and was like dang I could have looked around <laughs> I didn't know what I had access to but anyway so yeah well, tell us, well I think that's one of the things that I want to like highlight for brides is like where to actually look but I know that's on the list so we're gonna, we're gonna mm-hmm. get there mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. well now we'll go into this or that which is everybody's favorite game we play it every single week where you choose between one option or the other and explain why. I think when you were on, we didn't play this or that. So Mm -hmm. you're actually getting a full this or that treatment. That was when we were experimenting with games. We're not doing that anymore. I remember the one one game we played, I was like, huh? Yes, we are. We're 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 in this or that. So yeah, because you're our guest, we'll let you go first. Then it'll be Tania. No, I'll start back over. Quick four rounds. So to start, think of this from the perspective of you being in someone else's like wedding party. So y'all are headed to the bachelorette trip. Mm. This is your travel day outfit. Which would you prefer? Everybody in matching t-shirts and jeans or everybody in a matching tech fleece tracksuit? I'm not flying in jeans, so give me the tracksuit. I like I'll take the track. I'll take the tracksuit, please. I need to be comfortable. That's real. Okay, Tania, what about the you? The same. The same. <laughs> I literally look like I look like I'm going to bed sometimes when I go to the airport. <laughs> like, I, like I have on my leggings. That comfortable. Yes, I have on my leggings. Uh, I may have on my Crocs, some long socks that are pulled up, um, a hoodie, mm-hmm. or even like a long jacket. <laughs> Like, I literally look mm-hmm. like I'm about to go to sleep or I'm about to just cuddle up on the couch <laughs> or something like that. So definitely, yeah, definitely a tracksuit. Because I am about to go to sleep. Basically. Basically. <laughs> However many hours I'm on that flight, nine out of ten, I'm going to be knocked out. So, yes, I, yeah, I am. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Ta-ta. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to still look cute, though. I'm going to still look cute, right. but I'm going to throw on some earrings. I'm still going to have on a necklace, yes, but right. I'm be comfy. Some, some bangles, some earrings. You know. Exactly, right. exactly. Some cute little sneakers or, you know, right. you know. but I'm going to look comfy. Mm-hmm. Comfy, yeah. Not, okay, not so, so we're all on the same page. Okay, yeah. Jeans, mm-mm, mm-mm. Get somebody else to do it. Please. All right. <laughs> All right. So for the wedding veil, would you prefer a wedding veil with little pearls attached or wedding veils with little hearts stitched throughout? I say the hearts. I think that's so cute. It's giving 90s. It's giving Vegas. I Mm -hmm. I think that is so cute to me. Hearts. Like, I mean, pearls are pearls, you know? They're cute. Yeah. I mean, you can't go wrong with like a pearl encrusted veil. That's gorgeous. But hearts, I think that's just adorable. I go for the hearts for sure. Okay. Tania, are you going for the hearts or no? For the pearls? I would go for the hearts if Dara <laughs> was my stylist. 
if not, if not, <laughs> I'm going with the pearls because I can work with that. I can do something with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm going with the. I'm going with the hearts. I like the pearls though. The pearls ones are really pretty. Really, I love pearl yes. bells. I wish I knew. Well, while I give y'all the next one, I'm going to try to find the veil that inspired that one. It wasn't hearts, but it was it was a unique veil. I don't know where she got it from. It was pretty. So I'll show y'all. Um, but I like that. I like, I mean, I think it depends on your overall look, vibe, aesthetic. Um, but I like hearts. So I would probably, I'd probably do that. Okay, so for the shoes, if you were going for, say, a sneaker for the reception or a sneaker for just a part of the wedding festivities, would you do bedazzled Air Force Ones or white platform <laughs> or white platform Converse Chuck Taylor? <laughs> I tried to say that with a straight. <laughs> But I saw your face. <laughs> bedazzled. The girls hair. are still bedazzling shoes. And that okay. I'm a sneakerhead, right? Like I am a mm-hmm. I'm a bona fide sneakerhead. You know, Brooklyn girl through and through. Sneakers are very important to me. So I'm always for brides and sneakers. Like I'm not one of those people. Like oh my gosh, no, no. I actually have a bride right now who I'm going sneaker shopping for. But because I am like anti bridal sneaker though. Even though I love a, a pair of crisp, non-creased, straight out the box Air Force Ones, you lost me at Bedazzled. So I'm gonna have to take the high top Converse, the platform Converse. Some of them are really cute though. I have a pair. So depending on how you style it, I think I will go with the platform. I can't, I can't, I can't with the Bedazzled. Just because it's a sneaker doesn't mean you have to put rhinestones on it to make it bridal. It's not necessary, in my opinion. I, yeah, I'm also going to go with the high top. Um, And I'm usually a sneaker girl as well. However, I don't Mm -hmm. really care too much for the bedazzled. I don't like the bows on the sneakers. I mean, that's cute on someone else. It's just not me. Um, And so uh, definitely the high top. Mm -hmm. Even though I don't really wear high top sneakers. All right. Yeah. I sent y'all on Instagram the veil I was talking about. Um, she had a, a, she has another, like a few more videos that show, or pictures, you know, there are other oh, things that show her veil, but that was her veil. Um, yeah, this was pretty on her. The cottage core girls, they love a floral veil. They sure yes. do. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty. I love it. Color pops. Yeah. But I feel like it's, it's something like that. Time. Like it has to like it make it, it fits your aesthetic, it definitely makes it. There you go. Like when you said hearts yeah. on a veil, I already like picture like a thing, like a certain type of wedding, you know, mm-hmm. place, just whatever. It would definitely be a part of the vibes for sure. Mm-hmm. If it, that was it for it to make sense okay. to me. But this is pretty. Yeah. I thought it came out really nicely. I hadn't seen anything like that before. So I was like, oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah, I'm with y'all on the um the the platform chucks. I'm 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 not bedazzling 
<laughs> a damn thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't believe in bedazzled anything. I think brides feel like everything has to, not all brides, excuse me, some brides feel like for things to become bridal, the first thing to do to them is make them shiny. Yeah. Someone someone taught us that somewhere down yeah. the road. But if you want if anything you want and you want it to become bridal or wedding appropriate, just make it sparkly and then it all becomes. But it's like for everyone, like you said, that's not everyone's style. It's that's not I don't feel like that's a necessity. And I don't want people to feel like they have to pressure themselves. Like, oh, I can't wear sneakers on my wedding day unless I bling them out with 540 Swarovski crystals. Like, it's not. <laughs> you don't have to do all that. Mm-mm. Oh, my gosh. But, but they do. But they really do. Um, okay. Some do. So. If you're someone who has a bedazzler, you're one of those people. You know what? That makes sense for you. And I wouldn't even, I would love it. I would be like, go ahead, girl, and bedazzle away. But it's like, it's just, I feel like sometimes if people aren't even, that's not even just like, well, this is what I have to do. No, no you don't. Please don't, yeah. actually, if you if that's not your your thing. Yeah. yeah. Like you said, I'm not bedazzling no. anything. <laughs> not at all. But I'm glad we can all touch and agree there. Um, all right. So the final round is... Yep. For the engagement shoot outfit, would you rent one, like on a rent the runway type of thing, or would you go to a thrift shop and find one? Can I say both? Go for it. I mean, it's your world. Tanisha say both all the time, or she'll make up both. something that wouldn't even know. Whatever, wherever the look is, that's where we're going to get it from. I honestly don't have, I love the idea of renting things, especially during times like this, when like you want a specific look, like as a stylist, that's what we do. If you worked in fashion for a photo shoot, those people aren't buying those clothes for the cover of magazines. They're pulling them and they're sending them right back to the designer um, Mm. because it makes no sense to buy a whole wardrobe of clothes to wear on a model that, you know, after the shoot is over, what are we doing with this? So a lot of times we pull and we return. I feel like that's the same thought when it comes, I think brides, it's okay to start thinking of your wedding experience as like a as a project, like a, a creative project. You don't you may not need to own everything that you use. Some things can be returned back only for the a point of period that you need them. And that includes jewelry, accessories, clothing, shoes. If there is a possibility to rent something at a fraction of the cost, why not? And also depending on what the vibe is for your engagement shoot. Like it makes make sense. Like one of my brides had kind of like a 1990s school days type look. And we were looking for some like really 1990s authentic high waist like Levi's thrift store. They're going to have that. Or just, or even if it's not that, there's nothing. I thrift some, some really good pieces, some really unique pieces you can find thrifting. I think also like going away from the idea that an engagement shoot all has to be over the top. Like, you know, like it could really be a really mm-hmm. cute outfit or something that's really just your vibe. And you may be able to find something like that at a thrift store. Everything doesn't have to be an Oscar the Lorenza 10 foot, you know, out in the wind in the sand dunes dress. We've talked about that before in the last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not necessary. If if your vibe is thrift, if your vibe is vintage, go right ahead. So both. I love that. Tania, you gonna thrift or you gonna rent? I'm going to rent because although lately, like the girls have been finding some really, really cute pieces thrifting. And I'm always like, which thrift store did they mm-hmm. go to? Because when I go to the thrift stores, none of that be in there. <laughs> so 
not going to three, four, five, or six thrift stores trying to find something. Right, right. However, if it wasn't for my engagement, I would go to a thrift store because I can go on a random Saturday. But getting back on topic, I'm going to rent mine because it's probably going to be from one store. There's a couple out there, you know, and I can find something, choose my size or sizes because, you know, some places you can, you know, rent two mm. for one you know, and get a, and get two dress sizes. And so I'll probably go ahead and do that. And then once the engagement shoot or engagement party is over, then send that bad boy right back. Thank you for your services. Yep, exactly. Sustainable fashion. I love Mm -hmm. it. I don't know what I would do. Maybe I like the idea of thrifting, but I probably rent. Actually, well, you, I don't know. Actually, you know, good and well, you are not going thrifting. Well, I'm like you. Like, I follow some of the thrift girls mm-hmm. and I love the stuff that they like have. Like, mm-hmm. I even bought from like one of their shops, but me doing it myself, I'm like you. Whenever I go in, I don't see anything and I hate the smell of Goodwill. Or like these thrift, short, <laughs> thrift shops, it smells like a nursing home. <laughs> so I'm probably not going inside there too long because I just hate that smell. <laughs> I will say, as someone who used to be like more of a thrifter in college, because that was just the vibes back then, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of imagination. It takes a lot of imagination. Like it's mm-hmm. not a lot of it you don't just see on the rack and you're like. That's it. Been looking for that my whole life. Like, it. Some of it is like, okay, I could do this with it. I could tie it like this. I could do it like that. So I do think, and it takes time. And I think sometimes for yeah. brides, we don't always have that. And the people who are like real thrifters, they are like in and out of these spots trying to find the one or two, you know, gems that may be available in a in a thrift store that has a hundred racks back and front. Yeah, they're finding the, the three good things that somehow slipped in the cracks. But it's a lot about location, too, when it comes to thrift. Mm. Like, you can't shop at the ones that are technically in the well-to-do areas because those are, like, more consignment. You have to find, like, the thrift store that's, like, a neighborhood or two over from mm. the neighborhood. Those are usually the best ones. Mm. Because a lot of affluent people end up with their things in there. Interesting. Hmm. Um, well, you know what? I've always heard that the Goodwill and Buckhead is really, really good. Yeah. The one, like, off the highway? Yeah, like, you can actually see it off the highway, mm-hmm. like, going over the bridge. But that's also an affluent neighborhood. So that's yeah. interesting that you say you have to go outside of the neighborhood. Interesting. Now I'm going yeah. to um go out to, like, Paces Ferry and see if they got a Goodwill over there. Well, I was going to say there's this Goodwill off Roswell Road. So it's like Buckhead headed towards Sandy Springs. Mm-hmm. I hear that one's good because it's like there's a lot of old money over there, but yeah. it's like not in Buckhead proper. Mm-hmm. So that may be kind of a good in between because yeah. it's also close to like condos and stuff like that, like older, mm-hmm. smaller condos. Yeah. So it's a mixture of people there, but it's like. Point seven over that's like because you got to think about it like people wow. drop things off in their local their local goodwill so yeah. like if you're you know in a neighborhood that's not what it, the past people are dropping off their you know what they yeah. have to give or whatever and like i've had what i got tory birch blazers uh ysl shirts like what mm. we used to go out to so on 
in New York, Long Island. Long Island is just like where a lot of like the older money lives. So we would take trips on the weekend out to Long Island to go to their thrift shops. Because the one in New York City were just too, you know, it's New York City. So everything's going to be overpriced. Or they were in, mm-hmm. you know, more urban neighborhoods. So it wasn't the best quality. But the Long Island ones out there with them suburb moms who was like, I just, this is last season. I can't deal. Get it out of here. Tell my cleaner <laughs> to come in and get this out of my closet. <laughs> and rebound. Take it to the goodwill. Hopefully I'll get something off my taxes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Up in there. Up in there for sure. So don't give up on the thrift. That, that's just my, my my tidbit. Location is key. For sure. That's a good, that's a good tip. That's a good gem. Um, okay. I, I think we're all on a good page there. I will be honest. I had this one idea what I really wanted to wear for my bridal shower. I had this one look in mind and I could not find the top. All I remember was I had this top. When I was like seven, I wanted the adult version of it. Basically, I learned since it's like the poet top with the collar and the tie or like the strings. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Where it's like ruffly mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. the collar. And sometimes like it's that. a bodysuit. Right here. Mm-hmm. It has a little, yeah, kind of like mm-hmm. a peasant top. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. I could yeah. not find that. I wanted that and some high waist jeans. Didn't find, didn't find the top. Just throw on that yellow sweater, and then I was hot. Then end up wearing your tank top. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a mess. It was a mess. That's why I don't post pictures from. Because <laughs> I don't know what I was wearing. But anyway, so <laughs> we are we are gathered here today to talk about the wedding wardrobe because there are so many moments that we need to have a look for, and we don't want to be like me and look back and be like, why did I wear that? Why did I throw that on? And a lot of us, we're overwhelmed by wedding planning. We're flustered. There are so many decisions. There are so many things we have to decide on, look at, say, do, eat, whatever. And so finding something to wear can be another headache in itself. And I feel as if over the last several years, we've seen more evolution and more ready-to-wear bridal outfits that are more considerable for all these different moments or micro wedding moments in my mind. That's what I call them um, throughout the planning process. But then do you want to look like everybody else? Do you feel like this is necessarily your style? So we're going to have this conversation. We're going to get through all of those emotions and feelings and whatnot with you because you are truly the expert in this space. So to basically start out just for like a level set, what when I say like wedding wardrobe, what are the different moments are you envisioning? Like, what are all the different micro wedding events that encompass this? The wedding wardrobe is essentially that. It is all of the looks that a, a couple would wear throughout their wedding journey. And that could be different for every couple, depending on what it is that they are having or doing as they are moving as an engagement couple to a finally, you know, the wedding moment. Um, but I usually say it starts with engagement. So those two things would be your, if you're having an engagement party, um, you may be having an engagement shoot. Um, some people have more than one, like that client that we were talking about a little earlier. She had about three different engagement shoots that we needed, but she had a traditional wedding. She had a white wedding because she's Nigerian, so she needed more than one look. So taking compass of that, um, if you're doing an engagement shoot in a, a place where there's more than one 
theme. You may need more than one look because it may not just be one place. You may be have um, have a location that has one, two, three different parts of the venue. You may want a different look for each of those areas. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. Usually after that, you are going into your ceremony and reception look because that kind of can take a while. Most dresses, you know, take at least six months to make. Um, so you usually start working on your ceremony. If you're changing into a second look, um, whether because you just want to, because you want another look or because your first outfit may not be you know, feasible for a night of dancing with friends and moving around your venue, you know, having a 10 foot train and no, I don't care how you bustle it. That's not going to ever be comfortable. So it makes sense to just take it off and put something else on. So you may need something for the reception. Um, as you said, bridal showers are happening. Um, now we don't only have bachelorette parties, we have bachelorette full trip extravaganza where you have the you know, I'm going on one now. I have, you should see my floor because there was a wardrobe for every night, okay? There was glitz and glam night. There's a cheetah night. There's matching pajama night. There's, and the girls are getting more and more creative. So if you're, if you want something like that, you know, you need to plan all of those. You're going to want yours to stand out because you're the bride, right? You don't want to fade to the back. So trying to get the looks for all of that together. Um, welcome brunches, people are having welcome dinners, rehearsal dinners, or even farewell farewell brunches, farewell dinners, right? After on Sunday or Sunday afternoon, you may brunch or Sunday evening before everyone goes home. If it's a Monday, go away. You may be doing something with like intimate friends or whoever's left from the wedding party. Speaking of wedding party, it also includes whoever you're having in your wedding. So what are your bridesmaids wearing? What are your grooms been wearing? What are the little children wearing? What is the mother of the bride wearing? What is all those people need outfits too, because they're all going to be in the pictures for the immediate family and you're going to want everyone to look good. Um, all of these things are are on the list. And that's why we call it a wardrobe because it it really is a wardrobe when you really sit down and think about it. Now I have a question mm-hmm. because you mentioned the family, the husband. So when you work with your clients, you're working with everyone? Everybody. Wow. I'm finding shoes for four-year-olds, <laughs> headbands for seven-year-olds, oh. dresses wow. for moms, everybody, everybody. Mm. Sometimes I will style directly or sometimes brides will, my clients will be like, hey, my mom wants to wear this. Do you think this works? Do you have any suggestions? But everyone is touched because we want to make sure that it all comes together nightly. There's nothing, especially Mm -hmm. there's nothing like a beautiful family photo at a wedding with both sides of the family, grandma, whoever, when everyone just looks good, just beautiful and black. I, that's my that's one of my favorite pictures in the, in the of the whole album is that picture where the uh, the the couple is there and both of their families and they're just like dressed really well. It, I love that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of like when my grandparents were getting dressed back in the day, like when people really used to put it on. I love that picture. So I really take that seriously because I just it is your day, but there's something when the people around you just look dignified. Something about it. So. Yeah. True. Everyone gets touched for sure. Wow. I did not know. I really thought it was only like the bride, maybe the groom, but definitely the bride. Wow. Hmm. It used to be when we were just VBDA, as we turned into the agency, we expanded who we helped because we realized that brides needed more support. Really do. Mm-hmm. So what about the frugal girlies that are like, 
I got something in my house or I don't want to spend a lot of money. Let's repurpose something I already have. If I do get something, it's something I can use multiple times. What what about those girls like or guys? Like what are your thoughts around that? I love that, especially like when it comes to looks that are outside of your wedding dress, right? You do want to pick things that you can possibly wear after this moment. Um mm-hmm. Because we don't want it to be a complete and total, like, waste. And it's sentimental when you can pull out something out your closet that, oh, this cute white top I wore to my, you know, engagement party. And I'm now rocking it, you know, a year later, maybe on my anniversary with a cute pair of slacks and shoes and a ColourPop bag. Like, I think when your clothes can do that, it, it's, it's special. And frugal, I'm, I'm, frugal is smart, Honestly, like there, I think there's a difference between frugal and just try, just being then cheap. And when I say cheap, I mean cheap by like how mm-hmm. things are, the quality of it, not necessarily the price tag on it. Right. Um, and I think for us moving forward as a people who want to be financially well, right, we want to have financial wellness more than anything. I think that being conscious of price points makes the most sense. Um, and I but listen for my clients. We look, we go everywhere. You'll see us in Chanel, Jimmy Choo, ASOS, uh, 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 Marshalls. There is no, where the, if you have style, you can pull it all together. It honestly does not matter, you know, how expensive all of your pieces are. I will say this though, certain fashion, certain levels of fashion only live in certain places. And that's more of a capitalist issue. I'm probably getting a little deep, but that's more of a capitalism issue where, you know, they've decided that only certain people paying at a certain price can access certain types of fashion. So that's the only thing I would say that your wallet allows you to access things that may be more original or newer in the season where other places may be kind of just doing things that have, or maybe recycling trends or doing versions of trends. But if that's not something that you even honestly care about, I don't think it's something that you should set yourself out about. You might not be able to find a, you know, fully beaded, feathered, gemstone dropped gown for $200. But, you know, you can find something that's similar. You can find other ways to incorporate those types of details, right? A feathered top, sparkly jewelry, right? To still give the same vibe. So I, I don't think that we should let price point limit us on like how fashionable, how stylish we can be throughout this process. Be mindful of your coin. That's that's a smart thing to do. There's other things to do with our money. Good, good thing to know. I didn't realize the, um, the, like, I guess capitalism piece of it until I saw somebody was discussing this sometime last year about how there are even certain stores where they won't like you can't just walk in and ask for a whatever this is like a bat a certain bag or a certain pair of shoes or whatever you have to purchase something else before they kind of like oh well we have this in the back or let me go and see mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you want to wait list for it yeah and like, oh and then when we say you have you can only buy it now because if you don't buy it now then you can't buy anything else like we'll never offer it to you again wow <laughs> yeah yeah I won't say the label, but yeah, I had no idea. That's super exclusive. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like the fashion industry's way of trying to fight, you know, 
trying to stay relevant or trying to keep money because the world is changing. And I think as much as we're starting to normalize luxury, there's still some people who are also starting to not care about luxury. Even though there's more people, there are people who are now like like who who are obsessing over it or like, okay, I can do this now. There's also people who are like, okay, and and I think they realize that they're losing that footing. So they're trying to like keep the importance by like, oh well, you can't access this level of style or this level of quality unless you pay this price. Where back in the day mm. you can find things in all markets. That's changing. And I think that's just the fashion industry's way of trying to keep keep money circulating, unfortunately. I do want to say that lately, like a lot of the influencers or the popular influencers, like they like have been wearing like these really, really nice pieces, nice dresses. And then when I look at it, it's like $800. I'm like, oh, okay. Y'all making this type of money? (laughs) I'm like, I know y'all are, but. Or was it gifted? Or was it gifted? Yeah, that's true. That's true. A A lot of it is. A lot of it is gifted. And a lot of them are in the place of between gifted and let me buy this 800 dress because hopefully if I get seen in this $800 dress, I'll get this many likes and then I'll get this brand deal, which will then again pay for the dress. They're in that space, right? It's like, well, I invest in these pieces because then people will think I'm whatever. They want to follow me because I see I wear this type of clothing. And then hopefully that turns into dollars once brands see that I'm getting attention from people because I wear $800 dresses. So that's why some influencers like... We look at everything in really like micro, like scopic moments. Like we don't really look at things from a big picture. But if we really pay attention to like some of the influences in the early days, like how they fizzled off, it's because of that. Like trying to stay relevant by like purchasing things and right, like hoarding makeup. I had to buy every fancy. Like when it was the beauty gurus, now they're gone. But how much money did they spend on buying every fancy collection? Every Mac release, trying to stay relevant. And then one day it was like, well, we don't care about beauty gurus anymore. So now what? And now they're gone. But we don't realize that that they're, because now we're looking at the lifestyle girlies. So we're That's not even true. remembering who was there before them. So eventually the lifestyle girlies are going to be out, but we're going to be distracted by something else. So we're not going to know. And then they're going to be in that same boat. Like, wow, I spent all this money on white couches. I don't know. <laughs> now, now what do I do? I got all this monochrome my house like but because we're so we just see when it comes up we just see it when it comes up but the influencer game is it's it's wicked in that way but yeah they are are paying for things and hoping that it will garnish them the attention the views the likes that they can then turn into dollars but it all everything fizzles with time it's inevitable dang you are absolutely correct yes it's like it's the light bulb yeah, went it just off. clicked and i'm just like you right a few have been able to to survive like you know jackiana but what did yeah. she do she went she does makeup in her she's videos. doing candles now right she does she went I mean, lifestyle like, yeah yeah well, I'm going to, if I can't make money by doing makeup faces, I guess I'll show how my life is now that I have the money for makeup. Now I can use that money to now invest in my house. So now I make videos every day, me steaming my pillows and uh, putting on perfume and uh, whatever else she does every day. But she's selling lifestyle because lifestyle is the girl now. Makeup is no longer the girl, right? Like the, we, we already have, we have little girls on TikTok making videos. We don't need YouTube gurus anymore. Right. It's not necessary. 
So, or beauty guru. So now, you know, we'll see what happens when the fashion lifestyle or the luxury girls, when that's no longer the thing. Now you got this, all these luxury items that you spent all this money on to make content on unboxings, closet reviews. What else do they be doing? I don't know. Reels and restaurants. I don't know. After, after that's no longer like the thing. Now what's, how do you pivot from there? Like Um, after we don't care about the day in the life anymore. (laughs) Anymore. Right. Which is why I respect the girls who have jobs, right? Like the influencers are influencing about their actual lives. Like I'm a writer for this person. I made this for that person. Those girls, they can keep it going because they're just really just living their lives and people are following their journey. They're not making a whole following based off of one, one thing, one aesthetic, one sector. It's just people actually connect with their real day-to-day like living and not basically like, oh, every time I see you, you're in design or something. And because I want those things, I'm infatuated with that. But once that's no longer the thing to do, then, you know, what happens? Because a lot of those YouTube girls are baroque or just disappeared, burned out. Um, I used to watch one and she actually pivoted back into the corporate world. Like she started in the corporate world and then she quit and did the influencing thing and it was going great but then she was like like I'm losing myself this is no longer fun to me because I'm trying to keep up with everybody you know like she's trying her best to keep up and so she was like you know what this life is not for me I'm going to do it part-time but let me go and get a steady paycheck (laughs) I know I'm gonna get paid every two weeks you know and um, and I'll do this on the side as well. And so there's a couple out there that still have their corporate jobs and they're like, I'm never quitting, yeah. you know? Um, and then of course there have been some who have branched off and, you know, like, and like now they actually have a business and they're influencing, but yeah, you're right. I give it to the girls who can go to, to a nine to five and come home and record and, and uh, edit yes, and... <laughs> I give it to y'all. <laughs> Cause even me, I'm like, listen, y'all not Vail not gonna see me this week. I'm tired. <laughs> That's real. I'll, I'll be on Instagram next week because I'm tired. So That's real. Yeah, for sure. So Google is good. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Okay. So you mentioned earlier, like you shop and look everywhere, but. Mm-hmm. Where do people look? Because I feel like there's usually just a few, like you're thinking of the places you probably usually shop at. And then maybe there's like bridal brands that you might've heard of or brands that you remember seeing kind of like went into bridal for a little bit, but it's like, where do you shop for your entire wardrobe? I think it starts first with like wanting to define exactly what types of things you're looking for. Cause I feel like that can be overwhelming where you kind of just like, okay, filter everything white and like (laughs) see what comes up. It can be very overwhelming when you don't have like a microscope when you're going in with something in mind specific that you are looking for so that you can filter out and not pay attention to a whole bunch of things or figure out, okay, so where should I look for this particular thing? Um, So I think that is where like kind of figuring out the vision, like you were saying, like, I want this type of top with these type of jeans. Um, So it can kind of guide like where you go because what you may want for one type of look 
may not be the same place that you shop for a pieces for somewhere else. I mean, I think that the the fashion industry as far as like places to shop that are that are accessible is not the range isn't the largest. Um, I'll be completely honest, right? Like what most of us are doing, the Zara's, the H&M's, you know, if you got a little bit more, the Aritzia's, like most of us are in that space, unless you're going to really start going and trying to find independent designers. But I'd say that's when like being really specific with your searches come in. Cause then you may pop something might pop up that you've never seen before or, or a designer you may never seen before or a store you've never seen before. I, it's so specific for my clients. Like it may be like white puff sleeve, uh, shirt. And I will, I'll, I'll spend hours looking for that shirt. That's my job. Right. I know everyone doesn't have the time to do that though, but sometimes it really, I can't sugarcoat that. Sometimes it really does take that. And I understand that that could be frustrating or overwhelming when time is of the essence and you don't want to look through seven pages of Google to finally come across some random site in Australia that uh, sells <laughs> uh, peasant girl shirts, peasant, the cute little, you know, you, you don't want to do that. So I, I will say that is the challenge, but ready to wear clothes. Like don't think that bridal because it's for a wedding event that it has to come from a wedding designer. That is not true. It's not necessary. If you have a designer that you really love or a store that you really love, like you can still find the pieces that you want from there. You don't feel like you need to, oh, since I'm wearing this, I have to go to this designer who specializes in wedding clothes for you know, uh, wedding events outside of brides. You don't have to do that. It could be a, a resource. It could be a place to look, but you may pull pants from that designer, right? That may be uh, a little more high-end or more bridal, right? Because you just love the way it looks or the texture or whatever. But then you can pair it with, you know, a cute top that you may find in some place like ASOS or something to, you know, wear with it, right? Um, and I think just having that flexibility and creati creativity, um, and not limiting yourself to things that you think that have to be wedding or bridal at for your looks is going to like release some of the stress of it all. Because I think people automatically think like, I need to find something for a wedding. I need to find something bridal. I need to look at designers or places that cater to brides. Like you really can honestly keep looking the places that you always looked or shot just with a more specific mm -hmm. lens of what it is that you're looking for. Mm. I remember, That's a good one. yeah, I remember looking high and low for um, my wedding wardrobe and you were absolutely correct when you said like going through Google, I went through all 11, 20 pages of Google trying to find designers and, and like just outfits that look different. I was all the way out in Australia, London, um, <laughs> trying to find pieces. And I did find a couple of stores I had never heard of, but it's this one little brand in Australia. And, you know, I was actually kind of scared to buy from them because I was like, I don't know the sizing. I don't know if it's the same. And a lot of them, they mm -hmm. didn't have like the, I mean, they did have like the sizes, but I was like, mm, I'm not quite sure if this is going to work. So yeah. So it is, it is very, very stressful. That's why you come in handy because you, you, you know where to go. You know, 
like the sizing and everything because this is what you do. It does it does take some time. It does take some commitment if you are someone who is wanting to find that piece that kind of catches your eye and may not be, you know, the thing that everyone pulls or everyone picks. That will that will take a little commitment. Yeah. But if that's something if that's something that matters to you, then it's worth it. One bride may be like, I just need something white and that's cute and fits. Or another bride is like, No, I need it to be the theme, the vibe, the aesthetic, the all of those things. So yeah, I think it really depends on the person. But it it, it may take a little a little bit a little bit of time and research to to pull it together. But definitely not going blind, like not just going in like, okay, I need something to wear. And then thinking you're going to go through Nordstrom's, Neiman's, uh, Motor Operanda. Like you're going to go through all these sites and just be like, okay, that's cool. No, you're going to be fed up. Okay. When it's time to find your uh, bachelorette, if you're looking for uh, you know, something that is to the floor with a split because that's what you have in your head. You need to zone in on that. Now, if you can't find it, you may need to, okay, maybe I need to, to, to broaden my search to find something else, but don't start here. Start here. And then as you need to, you can open up and be open to like filling in what you may not be able to find. But if you just do an empty search, that's your size and think I'm just going to keep searching left and right and just pull, pull what I like. It's going to be, that's going to take up too much time for sure. Definitely. What about the girls that are like, you know what? I can't find what I'm looking for. I need to get something made. I need to go the bespoke route. What should they know about that? Because I think we're seeing more going towards like, let me just have something made. Let me go to the girl in Nigeria, go to the girl here. The girl on Etsy said she can do this for me. So Mm -hmm. I think if you have something so super specific in your brain, like I want this, I think that's when it is worth the conversation of like, maybe I can have this created for me. Um, I think where custom becomes like, I don't want to say challenging, but the things like to really think about is that this is not fast fashion. This is not something that is made, you know, in a factory where someone can get it to you like Amazon on your door, Prime, next day delivery. You know, this is someone's time. This is someone's passion. This is someone's resources. So the price might be a little different than what you might be able to just grab off of a rack ready to wear. Um, That's one. So like investing in that, in that person, in their business, in their process. Because I think sometimes people hear the number, they're like, that's how much to make a dress. When it's not from China in a sweatshop, yeah. That's that's that when you when you when you do the math of the hourly, the amount of material it took, the light bill, the lunch break, you know, all when you add all of that together and to find some type of profit. So I didn't just give you 12 hours of my life for free. It may come up to this price. So that's one thing Two, custom doesn't always mean less time, um, especially when we're getting into more extravagant pieces. Um you have to be involved in the process. It's not like, oh, I want that and you walk away. No, I got a design kit today from uh, one of our designers that's working with our clients. She sent seven sketches. She sent about 12 different fabrics. We have to go through all of that and decide, okay, so now which one of these fabrics, which color, which top, 
design? What bottom? Um, you know, does this look good with this? Do we need to move this with this? We have to have those conversations. Um, so that takes time and it takes patience. Um, so that is also a part of it. And just being open to communication because sometimes it doesn't always get it. People don't always get it right the first time, right? Like your designer may not hit it out the park the first time. You may need to make some adjustments. You may need to redirect, but you cannot fall apart in those moments. And I find that a lot of times people are like, oh my God, she ruined my dress. It was nothing like I wanted. Da, da, da. And I think it's because people think that they're supposed to say this and walk away and come back. And it's supposed to be perfect when it's really custom is a collaborative effort. And you have to be willing to also communicate when the person who was trying to imagine your vision doesn't exactly get it right away. And you may need to walk them through, or you may need to come to a meeting of the minds to correct or whatever it is. So I love custom because I love the free range. So many times I'm like, girl, we do it custom because I can't find it either. Like I can't find it. I don't know where it's at. I, I, I'm tired. We like we and we know we want this thing, so let's find us a designer to do it. But I also have to set my brides up for the process of it, the amount of time, dedication, involvement that it takes to really have a custom project come out the way that you want. That's good to know, especially because I think so many try to cut corners when it comes to their wedding that. They think even though they're going custom, it's still cheaper than just buying a dress out the store right now. And mm, I don't know. People it depends. Got, got pay for the labor. Right. You have to pay for the labor. You And it's not done in wholesale. Things become less money when they're made in bulk. Right. So you can get a wedding dress off the rack for two thousand dollars because they made a deal with the manufacturer to sell them this many yards of silk at this price. So what could have been this much for fabric per dress is now this much because I've ordered 100 dresses. But now one dress, though, is at this price. So if you're doing custom, you're doing one of one, and which is why a lot of wedding dresses aren't always the most embellished or the most detailed, which is why people a lot of time love custom, because as the industry is moving and businesses learning that detail costs and even businesses are trying to cut corners, you'll see that things don't have the same quality that they may have in a dress maybe 10 years ago to today. Like that's what two, $3,000 buys you today. Yeah. So if you go custom, you're able to see more of those details, but it's because producing that level of fashion that many times is going to be so costly. So yeah, you, you have to think about, you know, the price point of it, you know, something that may seem because you've seen something like it in a store, right? I've seen a dress like that in a store for this much, but it was made in Taiwan in a sweatshop. Mm -hmm. So they were able to cut corners and most of the time is with people's lives labor. Mm. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. What about AliExpress? AliExpress, Shein. Yeah. Like the the quick, fast fashion spots to like that crank out really fast. What are your thoughts? Because I'm I'm starting to see too, especially on TikTok, the girls are like, I'm getting my accessories from AliExpress. Right. I got I'm these not... earrings. They were two forty three. And I'm like, versus six dollars. Like, did we really did we really cut corners? <laughs> like I think that I feel like sometimes I'm like in the middle of it because all the people are like 
pitting against each other, right? Like the small businesses are yelling at the the major businesses, but the girls are yelling at the small businesses because it's out of price point. You know, I can't afford that, right? Like I can't, or it's not in my size range, right? I can go to Sheen and it goes up to a 4XL. Your brand only goes up to an eight. What you want me to do? <laughs> what, you want, what you want me to do, right? right. Like, or... You know, I, I the the alley. The, these are the same earrings, but you just you bought it wholesale too. But you just doubled the price because, of course, you're a business. But I went straight to the source. It's the same earring. It's just like I think the real culprit <laughs> in all of this. Again, it starts with the C. It's capitalism, right? Because it's like you, you, we, we don't want fast fashion. Go sustainable. But at the same time, our pockets aren't sustainable. Like, you know, like our our, our salaries are not sustainable. <laughs> what the money that people are making is not reaching. It's not. It's not going up with you know. It's not making sense. <laughs> it's, not, it's not adding up. So like we're all yelling at each other, right? Everyone's like yelling at each other about who needs to do what to solve the problem. But the real issue is someone above all of us that controls all of these things that make it difficult for me to buy a pair of jeans that cost two hundred and seventy five dollars because they're made with ethical denim, right? Mm-hmm. I, I I can't I I can't. I cannot. Some people really can't. I have to, I have to buy those $25 jeans because I have other things to do, like buy groceries. And like, <laughs> <Right. I> just, <laughs> and it's like, so what really makes it ethical anyway? <laughs> right. What makes it, what, what makes it, what makes it ethical anyway? And I, and I think corporations who want to, you know, pay people less. You could still pay, you know, however this wage to make this thing at this price point, but you don't want to. You want to produce this many. That's why you're paying that. And But I still have to buy it at that price because I can't afford, you know, what whatever other more sustainable, whatever that is. And a lot of it is not size inclusive. A lot of these brands, they don't go, they only go to a certain range. So that limits a yeah. lot of from buy- that's me. I can't even fit jeans that, that are not from Pretty Little Thing. Pretty Little Thing is the only brand that makes jeans that fit me. So even if I wanted to buy something else, and I have, I've tried, I can't. So I'm like, oh, you get yelling at me at being sustainable. I'm yelling at you for being booty, booty be- 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 bias because I can't fit. <laughs> booty bias. I love that. Like, so I mean, I'm I I think that sometimes for some people that's what's necessary, and we can get on our high horses all we want, but until economics looks a little bit different, let people live how they live. Yeah, because the 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 true culprits. Yeah. Are, are in a tax bracket that we cannot even imagine. Those are the people that we really need to be going after. Those are the people who should feel shame, not us. Mm. Not the little people. Not the little people. Dang. <laughs> so basically, we just have to do some research. We got to dedicate some time or we need to invest in a stylist to be able to help us through this process because... It can't be Uchi Wally and one mic. <laughs> but I think, like you said, starting early, 
is yeah. a good place. Cause so you can kind of spread it out, right? So you're not, I think back in the day you would, you know, okay, it's time to find a bridal shower dress. We're doing that like a couple of weeks before. No one really thought about that, you know, way in advance. So I remember like a few years ago, I'm like that, that few years ago, I was saying that amount of time between you have your dress and towards the actual event. And you're like, so what do I do now? I'm bored. I mind go find them other outfits. Start looking for that. Use that time to do that. Cause now then you trying to find something at the last minute. That's how you end up settling. That's how you end up with wearing something you're like, I don't even like this. Because instead of you taking your time to really look, because you may not be able to search all of this out at one time, right? You may dedicate, okay, let me look. Okay, I didn't find nothing. I'll try again in a week, you know, to see if I find something else. But if you're pressuring yourself to have to do all of this shopping in a month time frame, not only is it financially stressful, you're overwhelmed by trying to put all these cute looks together, trying to figure out where to find everything. So just give yourself that time to spread it out and start thinking about those looks more so in advance so that you can take your time in essence and really find something that you love and not having to rush and settle. Thank you. Because we do rush. <laughs> we rushing. Um all right. So final question for the girlies that have been on this process, trying to find a look, trying to find something to wear throughout their wedding planning or throughout their wedding journey. What advice would you give them? Like to any parting words, any last things? Get off the bridal inspiration pages, please. <laughs> <laughs> and not, And I love them because I love to see the results. I love to see the result, right? But I don't like the fact that I feel like sometimes brides limit themselves to just that for what they're going to do next. When the reality is that you can find inspiration from so many other places, right? Like nine times out of 10, when I'm making a, uh, I, we call them a creative treatment. So for the agency, we create creative treatments for our clients, whether it be a shoot, the actual wedding itself, um, the bridal shower, where we take a concept and we then style the fashion around it. It usually has nothing to do with weddings or bridal. We're inspired by a song. We're inspired by a painting. We're inspired by a country. We're inspired by an artist, uh, 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 a time period. We're not inspired by a picture that you screenshotted off of even Black Bride, you know, uh, our Instagram page. That is something that we love to see. And there's some aspects that we may say, oh, that's beautiful. But we're not using that as the foundational inspiration for what we're creating for our clients, right? The picture that you saw, um, that you showed of our clients at, uh, that was taken at Howard University, that was treated off of Move Forever by Beyonce. So the scene where, um, in Black is King, where they're at, I think it's a funeral, she has on the all white with that white structural piece, right? Mm -hmm. We, that's what we were inspired from. Mm. Not a bridal magazine. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Right. I just did a treatment for another client. They're getting married in Thailand or something. And we got the color scheme out of a reef, an undercover like floral reef. We got inspired by science. You don't have to limit yourself to wedding things. You want to be the person that gets put on the page after it all happens. You don't have to look to the page to actually dictate 
what it is that you're going to do moving forward. If there's something that you and your partner really love, you know, a place that you like to go, a song you like to sing or whatever, like use that as your core uh, inspiration because it's going to be so much more authentic to you. It's going to make so much sense for you. And it's not going to be a carbon copy of the same thing that we're seeing people, you know, recycle, 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 recycle again. Fine, get off the app. Get off. Get off. Get off the bridal app. And we don't think stage. about that. Or like, or like, I don't think people really think about it like that. I mean, like the girls who are not in fashion, you know, like they don't really like mm-hmm. get inspired by other things. They get inspired by other weddings, you know? And right. that's how all the weddings start looking alike, you know? So. But the thing is, you are inspired by other things. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes when we think wedding, we stop thinking about who we were before we decided that we were going to have a wedding. That's true. Because if I go into your house... <laughs> You don't have what you you know what I'm saying. You have clothes. You have a musical taste. You have countries you love to visit. You have you know what I'm saying. You you are inspired by so much. I just think that when we get into that wedding point, and it's because no one tells us anything differently. No one tells us that we can you know use inspiration for other things. So that's what we think we just have to do, um, and it's not true. Um, and a lot of times when we do see that thing, that's like. That is is because mm-hmm. they probably were using something, using a reference of something that was not necessarily bridal. It was a what's your favorite movie, right? One of my clients we did um school days. That was a reference for their engagement photo pictures. I know you love loving basketball. I know you love, you know, like there are things that you watch, enjoy, listen to that are a part of your life. You gotta just turn inward. And I think that's really the key. Turn inward. Don't always look outward for the things that you want for yourself. I love that because it makes it more original and like unique to the couple or the person. So yeah, I love that. But I think it's because brides have this pressure against to be, they're comparing themselves to other brides. Yeah. That's sure. that's the pressure and I get it and I and I empathize with it, right? When it's your turn, as much as you want to focus on yourself, there's still this like you because you're scrolling. And that's why I said get off the page because you start to obsess over what other women are doing and you're not being inspired. You're Mm. beating yourself up. Essentially, you're not you're not inspired. You're you're now you're judging yourself. Now you're like, oh, well, she did this. Well, how am I going to outbeat that? Well, her robe looked like this. Now I need a robe that has 10 more times ruffles than that girl's robe. (laughs) (laughs) I need more ruffles than that robe. Okay, you're you're trying to beat the next person. I think it's become a game of like, so who can outdo the next? That's where we're at today. Right. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we were at a place once where people were doing less. Now we're doing more, but more is about outdoing others, if that makes sense, instead of just doing doing me. So I think that's why I want, go look at celebrities, go look at your favorite you know, star, what are they wearing? Just, I want you to feel like you can be inspired by something else other than putting yourself up against other women who are going through their own wedding experience. It's stressful, it causes anxiety, yeah. overwhelming. And it's un- it's impossible because you're the bride of the week this week until the next girl viral thing come out in two days. So now yeah. what? Do you still like everything about your wedding? <laughs> I hope so. 
Yeah. I hope so. I hope you still love everything about what you did, even when yeah. no one's talking about it anymore. That's real. Now, Dara, uh, what kind of clients do you work with? Is it only the bridal party, her family, or is it, or do you work with other clients as well? So like other people who come who may be in a wedding and may come to me and say, I had any help for this. Well, like outside of like the wedding industry. No, not right now. Okay. I used to. Only who were once bridal clients who may come, who may need my help for something. Gotcha. So like I've had clients who are like, and now I'm getting, you know, I'm having an event or now we're doing pictures for, uh, you know, Maternity. our first Christmas. Or, okay. or, yeah, like something like that. Or, you know, I have something for work and I really want to look good. Um, I stepped and outside of, and this may like take us out of whatever, but I stepped out of um, ready to wear because of the politics of a lot of it. And now we're seeing like Laura Roach like signing off of, he's like, he's retiring. And mm-hmm. I, when I heard that, I'm just like, I know that's right. Because styling seems like such this glamorous job, mm-hmm. but in honesty, it's thankless. Like it is so, it is so underappreciated. It's crazy, but people go out doing and feeling their best when they're dressed well. But in the same lens, stylists are just not treated well in the industry. Um, And I think I enjoyed coming over to weddings because even though people, you you do get your bridezilla situations or things like that, I think it took a lot more, it gave it a lot more meaning to what I was doing, right? Like dressing people for other types of things or red carpets or, and the people getting so upset and emotional. I'm like, there's people dying in like other countries and people don't have food and like, you know, world peace, like things that are like really happening. And like, I do want you to look great, but I'm not going to stand for being degraded or not going to like lens labor laser focus in this one thing as if this is the end of the world when it's something that can definitely be fixed the green shoes still look good i know you really wanted the gold ones but the world is not over i promise you like it's not um yeah and i think that's why i i just stepped away from the world of like ready to wear celebrity all of that and in bridal i just felt that even though women are stressed and, and it makes so it makes sense because so much is going on so much is going on you can see where your work has impact you can you can see yeah. that relief that like i'm happy that you're here i'm i'm thank you for being here and and doing this and being here with me and giving me this support and yeah. it makes it worth it the long nights the you know burning your eyes out for hours looking through every place i I'm, I'm looking See, I already looked for these shoes on this website, but I'm going to look two more times in case I miss something because I want my clients to have the best options that they can have. I want them to have the best you know, choice and feel like, oh, yes, I love this. I don't want you to be like, oh, Dara, it's okay. No. Oh, my God, Dara, thank you for finding this. This is the perfect thing that I've been looking for. That takes time and energy. And I find that in this space, it's just, it's appreciated a lot more than in other, in other places where stylists are needed. So unless it's a repeat customer, nah. Okay. All right. Well, because I'm pretty sure there was someone out there that wanted to know, oh, okay, like, I wonder if she styles for, you know, this event or that event. You can reach out. We can, we can talk about <laughs> it. 
All right. Well, we're going to move into wedding vendor love. Dara, who would you like to shout out this week? The wedding vendor I would like to shout out this week. I think because this is appropriate to this episode and this is a black owned brand. So I'm going to shout out Fifth and Welshire. Mm. Um, Kai, she's from the DNV. Um, super sweet. And she is one of the only women of color brands who do cater to looks outside of the wedding day. Um, and she has some really gorgeous pieces. And I love her aesthetic, size inclusive. And the price point is it's, it's attainable, right? It's, it's something that you feel like you're wearing something special. You're not wearing, you know, your everyday clothing, but it's not like that's just so far out of reach that it doesn't make sense for a lot of brides. So yes, we're going to go with Fifth and Wellshire for the vendor. Awesome. Yes. yes I absolutely love Fifth and Wellshire mm-hmm. for that reason. And I think a lot of Black women still don't know she exists. Exactly. Ashley, who would you like to shout out this week? So the vendor I want to shout out this week is actually an event planner based in the Austin, Texas area. I don't think we've done a lot of vendor shout outs from vendors in Texas or in Austin. But if you're in need of a wedding planner or an event planner for any of your events, I would highly suggest you look up Events Unleashed. You can find them on Instagram at Events Unleashed, E-V-E-N-T-S-U-N-L-E-A-S-H-E-D. And you'll be in good hands. The owner of this Austin event planning company is a woman named Lahoma. And I believe based on her work that you can see that I I think maybe she would be a planner you should consider. Of course, we love recommending many, many vendors, but we also ask you to do your own due diligence and find the vendor that works best for you. But I do think that if you are in the Austin area, you should consider Lahoma and Events Unleashed. Tania, who are you going to shout out this week? So this week, I'm shouting out a wedding production company by the name of A Love Experience. This is a Black-owned company. They're based in Atlanta. They recently did Friends Wedding, and their wedding was absolutely beautiful. And so if you are in need of a videographer or a photographer, look them up. They're on Instagram, A Love Experience. You can contact them at aloveexperience.weddings at gmail.com. Or you can give them a call at 470-262-8188. Again, the company's name is A Love Experience, and they do videography and photography. So they are available worldwide. All right, that's who I have this week. Dara, where can people find you if they want to follow you, if they want to inquire about your services, if they want to get all in your world? Where, Where do they go? So if you would like to see our clients, you know, learn about the agency, see what we're doing in the bridal space, that would be Veil Bridal Styling on Instagram, um, V-E-I-L Bridal Styling on Instagram. And that's where you can see like our beautiful clients and the work that we're doing with them. If you want to follow me and more of like the behind the scenes of what's going on with Veil, um, that would be Veil by Dara Adams, V-E-I-L, yes, D-A-R-A-A-D-A. MS on Instagram. Um, and I, I have two different pages because I wanted a place for my clients to shine. But I also realized a lot of 
people who are brides, people working in fashion, people who are not getting married yet, who just have an interest in bridal fashion, um, wanted also a place to learn and get the behind the scenes of what's going on and some tips and tricks about um, bridal. So that happens on the Veil by Nora Adams page. So yes, those are the two places to find me. If you would like to work with me on both of those pages, there's a contact button. Just press it and um, send us an inquiry. Awesome. Yay. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and giving us all this good information. Yes. I'm really sure the girls are going to love this, especially when I post it on TikTok. <laughs> Thank, you for, <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's always fun talking to you, ladies. Yes. I want y'all to go to find.huidu.com and look at our vendor list. Everyone that we've shouted out for the entire three plus years that we've been on air, everything's there. Yes. And not only are all of the vendors we've ever shouted out are on there, all of the wedding vendors we've had on as guests are on there as well. So you can find more information about them and their lovely vendor services on find.huidu.com. And don't forget to leave us a review, follow us on social, you know, we're Hue I Do Wed everywhere, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I'm sure I'm missing one, but basically if you're there, we're there.